Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Crazy Money. This is your host, Paul Ollinger. I am glad that you are here today, and I know you're going to be glad when you find out who my guest is. Her name is Maitland Ward, and she's an adult film star and author of a new book called Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. As you can tell by the title and the description of her work, this is an adult-themed show, so unless you want your seven-year-old asking questions he or she shouldn't ask you it for another decade or so, by all means, hit pause and wait until you drop them off at school before you pick this show back up. Better yet, since my guest is so pretty and you're going to want to see how good she looks, check this video out on our YouTube channel. That's right. Crazy Money has a YouTube channel. It's waiting there just for you to go to YouTube, search Crazy Money, and then subscribe when you get there. And every week, Crazy Money videos will hit your YouTube experience. Here's more about Maitland. Best known for her role as Rachel McGuire on Boy Meets World, Maitland enjoyed a successful career as a Hollywood actress before making the transition into the adult film industry. Her videos and photos on OnlyFans now earn her over $1 million per year, and that's in addition to the money she makes making adult films. Rated X is her first book. It is, uh, I don't want to say surprisingly, because that would be a little bit condescending, but I got to tell you, I found it to be surprisingly well-written. She's a good, good writer. You're also going to find her both smart, articulate, and disarmingly normal. She's like a regular person who just happens to have a very, very unique job. In today's interview, we discuss how she got into acting in the first place, Maitland's experience on Boy Meets World, the cold indifference of Hollywood, which she experienced as she approached her 30th birthday, how and why she got started on OnlyFans, how her husband, that's right, her husband and her parents, that's right, her parents, feel about her burgeoning career in pornography, how having sex on camera is an expression of her true identity, and what she gets out of her work besides an enormous amount of money. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this conversation with Maitland Ward. Maitland Ward, welcome to Crazy Money. Hey, I'm so excited to be here and talk to you. Thank you for having me. Let's go back to the early 2000s, Maitland. What was going on with you professionally? Early 2000s, that was, well, Boy Meets World and then like right after it. So it was kind of like a big, it was like a transitional period for me. And I was, I was young Hollywood and I had just come off of Boy Meets World, like right at the beginning of 2000, whenever that was like, yeah, right at the beginning of the 2000s. And of course you come off of it and you've been on a show that's been popular for years, but you find quickly that you are uh, completely typecast. And people actually want to reject you because you had been successful at something else and something that they, they want something new or, you know, they're, they're after, um, they're after something that hasn't been done before, I guess, but they also want to just pigeonhole, especially actresses into roles that they are, you know, perceived at. So they like actually kind of blame you for having success at something else like, Oh, you know, you could be okay for this, but uh, you did that. So nobody will see you like in a, any different light. How were um, you typecast? What was, what was the uh, I, award thing? I think cause I started out early on a soap opera as a very innocent ingenue. Um, and then I, you were what, how old, how old were you when you were on the, on like 16, the bold and the beautiful 16, 17, 18. Wow. So yeah, I was, um, very young high school. I did, you know, I was doing regular high school at the time. And then, um, you know, being on the set and being glamorous, <laughs> Jessica Forrester, but I guess, you know, 
I guess I was pigeonholed as like this girl next door, kind of the funny, cute, sexy, but not too sexy. She would always like on a boy meets world envelope with the sex, but then pull back. Like they would, they didn't want to totally commit to that. And that's fine. I understand that. But, um, I got typecast as just this comedy girl, like this girl who does TGIF comedy and does, you know, just, you know, she's, she can't be anything like dramatic or sexy really, or anything, you know, outside of the box that they saw me in. So, um, it, it was very frustrating, especially as a young woman, because I kept doing things like trying to reinvent myself and trying to, you know, tr- like do new acting things or do new, like anything like to new looks or wh- whatever. And it was always like, no, but that's not you. We know who you are, but like, we don't want this new you, but we also don't want the old you either. So it was, it was very weird. Why did you get into acting in, in the beginning? I loved acting when, since I was very young and my parents didn't like really let me do it until I got my braces off when I was. <laughs> yeah. How old were you when you got your braces off? I was about I was a freshman in high school. That was the, one of the yeah. best days of my I life. I was a little later because, yeah, my uh, yeah, it was. But they also, I mean, they were they were overprotective of me too, and I'm sure that they didn't want me like in Hollywood like as a at a very young age. But um, I just I always did like community acting stuff and and school acting stuff, and I just loved it. I kind I just loved losing myself into these characters because I had even as growing up, I was always a good girl, a sweet girl you know, somebody who followed the rules, got good grades, was very, um, just a good daughter. And it was fun for me to play different roles where I could just break outside of that box. And I always recognized that since I was young, it was just so thrilling to me. So I did ask my parents to take me to an acting workshop, um, that where casting directors teach. And, and I had been a big soap opera fan. Like I kind of lost myself in the world of that romance and, you know, just as a, as a young girl, 13 or 14 or whatever. So, uh, when I got past 15 and, um, almost 16, I went to, uh, a casting director workshop with the bold and the beautiful casting director because they offered these things. Um, and so I was like the youngest person in the room. I was six, like 16, barely, you know? Um, and all the other people were like 35 and like trying to get a role in a soap. And, uh, you know, they were honestly, they were good and they were great. But I think I, I stood out because I was so young and I also knew soap so well because I had watched them. So I kind of knew the nuances and how the storylines went and and stuff. So I did these scenes that uh, she pick out, the cast narrator pick out. And um, at the end of like the four week workshop, she came up to me and was like, you know, you're really good. Can you audition for this new part that we want for a teen star for the summer, you know, for the big summer storyline on Bold and Beautiful? And I was, I was so thrilled. I, it was just be, beyond my wildest dreams to actually be on a soap opera when I had been a fan of them. Um, but it was a lot of audition process too. Um, and that wasn't my first audition. I actually uh, auditioned for Saved by the Bell first and I did not get that. Oh <laughs> no. And you, uh, as I recall. Yes, part. Yeah. But the guess yeah. Part, it was, and it was, uh, it was a girl that Screech had a crush on or something yes. like that. 
Yes. And I don't even remember the, I don't even remember the details of it. I just remember that, yeah, it was with Screech and I was just very awkward about it. And I didn't, uh, yeah, I made all the wrong choices with it. And did you, and were you able to deal with the, 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 the rejection that is, that is an inherent part of being an actor? What, even if you're great, you're going to be rejected most of the time, right? You know, one of the problems was, and I don't think it's a problem at the time, but in the long run, was that I got the role of Bold and Beautiful my second audition, really. So I got it so fast. And so I was like, oh, this is this is easy. I'm going to go through Hollywood and I'm going to just, you know, take it by storm. But, uh, and then I was on it for for the years that I was on it. And um, and after that, I, I did have luck quickly with uh, Boy Meets World too and all of the stuff that I did. And then after that, when they were rejecting me for like, having the success and being the person I was or the actress that they thought I was. Um, I thought, you know, this is what, what's wrong with me. What did I do something wrong? Am I, you know, am I a bad actress now? So then after boy meets world, you, 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 you had the experience that most actors have, which is you've got to get out there and hustle and try to get jobs. And they're not yeah. easy to find. They're not easy to find. And they're, it's, it's such a hard profession. Um, And I lucked into so much so early on uh, that it was kind of, it was a disillusion, disillusionment, you know, that I like, oh, like, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Am am I like bad now? Or like, it was just, it was very hard. And um, I was very hard on myself to, you know, look perfect and be perfect and be what everybody wanted me to be. But like I said, when I did everything, people like wanted of me or whatever, they rejected it because they wanted something new. So it's, it's very hard. And at a very young age to feel that way, like you're like in your early twenties and that's what you're feeling. Like it's, it's to, to know that by 25, you're, you're considered too old for something like too yeah. like you're too mature. Now we don't want you anymore. Did you so, did, did you deal with feelings of when you're in high school, you're on the bold and the beautiful, you're like a celebrity and you're going to high school. Were, were, were you kind of famous at your school? And, and did that make you feel important? And then did you deal with self-doubt when you were no longer getting the, the, the auditions that were that in the past had gone your way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was so exciting because I was never like a popular kid. I wasn't unpopular, but I was kind of nerdy and I was a drama girl. And so I wasn't, I can't say that I was like an outcast, but I was just regular kind of goofy girl. Um, and then all of a sudden I got this soap opera and people were shocked. I think they were just like, what this girl is going to be on every day on this glamorous soap opera, like with these hunky guys that are like 10 years older than her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. They came, they came to my school plays and and stuff, and all the girls would be like, "Oh my god, they're out in the audience!" Like, and I was like, "Yeah, whatever." I kissed them every day, um, but funny. it was very weird. It was like all of a sudden, people who never talked to me would talk to me. Like they would just, you know, I was suddenly this popular person that people wanted to to know. But then I was also like, people got jealous, and so they they. Uh, were not so nice to me. So it kind of went both ways, but still that attention was just like, wow, it was this just wave of attention from, from not only in high school, uh, but also from like the real world. And I was working in both. So when that all dried up later on, 
that's hard to be alone and to like really look at yourself and say, well, who am I and what do I want out of life? And I'm so young. Like, I feel like I'm kind of washed up. Like, and so how did you deal with that? Like, what, what, what conclusions did you come to that helped you get through the days and the years of dealing with, with the brutality that is Hollywood's cold indifference? Right. That's, that's a great point. Hollywood's cold indifference. I like that. Um, you know what? I, I was very much a writer too. I loved like, like I write this book. Um, I loved, uh, you know, just journaling and writing my experiences down and writing scripts and writing like stories and stuff. So I did that too. But over the years, like I just, I, I went to school to be a yoga teacher at one point. <laughs> I had never did it, but I did it kind of from my own practice and I, uh, to do that. So that gave me a lot of like meaning and depth. And I really studied, I like went back to school several times. I mean, I went and I moved to New York and I really started writing there and starting to try to uh, just explore myself. And that's where I really found my love of erotic fiction. So in erotica, and um, I started to explore my, uh, my sexuality in a real way then, which is funny because I had just been married when I was there. So that's when I really started to explore my outside sexuality once I got married, because I was very sh- people won't realize this as when I was young, I was very shy about my like body and appearance. And I was unconfident with the way I looked, if it was good enough, or I always felt like, you know, just unconfident and uncomfortable, even being partially nude or bathing suit or anything, which is funny now because I walked out. (laughs) It's somewhat ironic. Yeah. But (laughs) there it goes again. Um, Yeah. So, but it's funny. I started to, embrace my body and my sexuality slowly. It was not a fast process. It was not something like I was, Oh, I just thought one day let's do this. It was like, I really had to take a look at myself. I mean, I was lucky also after I got blown meets world pretty quickly, I got uh, white chicks, which was another huge film, which we had a great time working on. And it was uh, the Wayans, the Wayans brothers, the Wayans brothers. It was a big deal. So I did have that big thing afterwards. It was, it was really after white chicks that everything like dried up. Mm. It was weird. Cause I thought to myself, oh my God, I've been a star in a soap opera. I've been on a, like a major television sitcom and I was just in a major movie and I'm still not getting it. But I honestly, I believe when I'm looking back on it now, I wasn't being my authentic self to these casting people and stuff. So it's not all their fault. Although I do believe they pigeonhole people and don't let them. Absolutely. Hollywood's crazy about that. But if I'm going to take any like blame for myself or blame, or just, you know, any credit for it, uh, I wasn't being who I was, who I should be back then. I was trying to please everybody and I was trying to be a good girl and be nice. And as I evolved, I think um, Hollywood still wasn't accepting me for that. Cause of course, then I had gotten older and like older being over 30 and that's just like ancient, ancient, like you cannot play sexy roles anymore. What are you talking about? My publicist told me at one point, you know, only 25 year olds can play great roles like that. Um, but, um, I think I really started to come into my authentic self and, and then the rise of social media and everything people could actually see who I was. And I developed this fan base that was so fierce and vocal and, and stood with me, even as Hollywood kept knocking me back and saying, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And then all of a sudden, I mean, 
they were there for me. And all of a sudden it kind of exploded with like success in, in different arenas, especially in the porn in porn and stuff. When did, when did the idea of, of being your sexy self and expressing who you are on social media start? When did that rubber meet the road? It was, it was meeting the road around the same time that girl meets world, the spinoff from boy meets world was coming out. What year was that? Oh, that was uh, 2013, I think. Yeah. And it wasn't 2014. It was right around 2013 to 2015. So Facebook and Instagram still kind of early, but definitely. I hardly had any followers. I literally had, I think, a thousand followers on Instagram, mostly my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook. Yeah, that was around, but it was, it was still, it wasn't the social media presence. I hardly had any Twitter followers. So I kind of just did it for myself and whoever wanted to follow me. Like I, I kind of was, you know, I just did cosplay stuff. I liked right. doing because I was a nerd and I loved dressing up and that kind of stuff. And I, and I did sexy bikini shoots and everything, but it was like when girl meets world came out or they announced it, everyone um, started wanting to talk to the old cast and it got a lot of attention. And I went to the set of the, the um, pilot episode and I took some pictures and I took a picture with, of course, Mr. Feeney, um, Bill Daniels. And uh, it exploded like the next morning when I put it up on Instagram with like a thousand followers. I don't know how people found it really, but uh, it was everywhere on all the blogs. Oh, look at Rachel on the set with Feeney. And, I, and it was kind of disorienting because I had not had attention from the outside Hollywood world for so long. And all of a sudden I was on like all the blogs and all the, the sites with him. And I remember saying to myself, um, Oh, I don't know if I like all of this attention like this. And it's funny now <laughs> Sure. <laughs> thinking, but no, it was, it was disorienting because I was like, and I was also going back to that world and I was, I had worked so hard, like over the years studying and, and, you know, doing theater and writing and, and trying to find myself in a new groove and who I was, because this has been so many years since Boy Meets World was over. I mean, it was uh, Boy Meets World, what, was it 2000? It was over um, around then. And then this was like 2013. Or t- I mean, we have been away for a long time and I had really grown. I had married. I had had discovered a lot about myself sexually and a lot about myself as just a person and who I wanted to be. And then all of a sudden I'm thrust back into the world of boy meets world as who they wanted me to be. But, and it was great to see everyone. It was really wonderful, but it's, it's a weird thing. It's like saying you were in high school and you had a great time and you had great friends and you love the times, but they're going to make you be in high school for the rest of your life. You can't do anything past high school. Sure. So, you know, and so that was weird to me, but, but I then saw it because I saw all the social media attention I was getting. I saw it as a plat, like a, a way to express myself to the audience on social media and stuff as who I am now and what I authentically wanted to be and how I wanted to be as an actress and a performer and an entertainer. And people started really responding to it. And I had so many, like even, I had Boy Meets World people, but I had other people too, who just like caught on to me and caught on to my cosplay and my, you know, my crazy antics that I would do. I would dress up for every crazy, like holiday there was <laughs> like, you know, so, those holy holidays. For my boring middle-aged uh, uh, audience here, cosplay is meaning you, you, you dress up like a superhero or a character yeah, from, yeah. A mo- from a sci-fi movie or Star Wars. And yeah, because exactly. you're Maitland Ward and you have the goods to do it, you would make it a sexy thing, right? And then- yeah. 
And that's what really started the momentum of people going, wow, we really like this version of Maitland Ward. She's gorgeous. She's sexy. And she turns me on, right? So that's, that's when things started going crazy. How did it go from there? And how did it feel? Well, it was funny because I went to a, a premiere for a Wayne's Brothers movie, a Haunted House 2, and I wore a crazy like outfit on the red carpet. It was like just a cross on my, like an all mesh on the all, so mm-hmm. just covered, <laughs> but you could tell I wasn't wearing panties or anything. So it, that went so crazy. You think the Mr. Feeney picture went crazy. That one was all over. But right after on the red carpet, I met a photographer that who I'm still very close with. He he suggests he goes, oh, you like Star Wars, don't you? And I he knew that I had gone to Comic Cons and like I dressed up and I did stuff because uh, he had kind of watched me on red carpets and, and at events over the years um, or over the year or whatever it was then. Um, and I said, yeah. And he goes, and this was right before May the Fourth, which was yesterday. It was May the Fourth. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was right before May the Fourth. And he said, I have an authentic slave Leia costume and which is the sexy bikini that she wore with Jabba, mm-hmm. which, you know, captive with as a slave with him. A perfect and, metaphor for Hollywood, by the way. You know what? That really is. And, you know, it's funny that me like breaking the chains of that, like opened up my entire life and career for that. <laughs> um, but we did the shoot and that was wild. And that actually got me solidified in a whole new audience because there were all these people who came like just to see like my cosplay and my stuff. And then I would dress as every character, like my photographer, he was, he had all these ends with like costumers and stuff. So we had some great characters like Lilu from the fifth element. We had um, like just all of these awesome Jessica six from Logan's run. That was, I got all, got kicked out of Comic-Con basically for that. Cause it was sheer, <laughs> but um, we had, just this great run and everybody, there were so many people coming to me and I was starting a Snapchat at the time when Snapchat was newer. And, um, I, I thought I realized that I had made it to another level when I went to a Comic-Con a couple of years later or sometime later. And a guy came up to me and said, I'm such a big fan. And I thought, Oh, boy meets world or what? He's like, I, I love you from Snapchat. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, there, it was crazy. The following that I got on Snapchat, especially from all of that that cosplay that I did and all of those sexy stunts and stuff. So when did it turn into a business? It turned into a business when social media started cracking down, really. When they, anytime I would have even this sexy bikini that's covered everything, but it was just like too sexy. Mm-hmm. me off. Or like Snapchat, they used to allow some nudity or at least to turn their, a blind eye to it. And if you had like even the shadow of a nipple or something, they would kick you off. And so I kept getting kicked off of things and kept getting, you know, stuff that I, that I, where I was expressing myself deleted. And I remember some fans told me, well, why don't you sell content? And I didn't really, I was like, content, what do you, what do you mean? Cause I really, I mean, I was, you know, making money on cosplay and stuff at the time, but I wasn't making any money like off the fans, uh, except for like some, some pictures or some, you know, just that regular merchandise stuff. Um, so when the fans said content, I didn't understand what they were saying. So it was, I didn't know what content really meant. And they said, well, there's different like platforms you can you know, use. Well, Patreon was one. And it, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's where like artists and actors, writers, whoever's like any artist kind of person, you can support them by 
paying a monthly patron fee. Like you're a patron of the arts. Yep. yep. And so, and it did have an adult section where you can like be nude. It was not pornography necessarily, but it was, uh, you know, playboy stuff. You could have some sort of sexually provocative stuff. So I wasn't going to be kicked off for being naked. (laughs) So I was like, I don't know, would anybody pay for this? I really actually, I did not believe I thought, okay, maybe a few people who actually recommended it to me might. So I thought, okay, maybe I can make, eh, I don't know, 500 bucks a month and I can pay for costumes and, you know, just to put into my photo shoots and stuff. So I signed up one night and then literally And I just, I didn't announce it or anything. I was just kind of fiddling with it. And I signed up the next morning. There was like 20 people who had signed up. And I was like, I didn't even like say anything to anybody about this. So I was like, I don't even know how they found me. So then I announced it that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And by the end of the week, I had like 2,800 members and they were paying anywhere from like 15 to $300 a month to get content from me on different levels. And, um, cause there's levels you can pay. You can like, there's tiers that you buy, like you get more stuff if you buy the higher tiers, of course. Um, so my, uh, so it was like insane. I was all of a sudden I was like this massive success on Patreon. And I never thought I, I, I knew the audience was there, but I didn't think they were there so fiercely and devoted. Like, right. and I don't, I don't know why I didn't, but I guess I just didn't. I mean, I guess I also, I had been turned away from Hollywood and stuff so long saying you can't do this. You can't be sexy. So I thought, and you can't like do these adventurous, provocative things. People won't accept you for that. <clears throat> but so it was a real eye-opening experience to say, wait a minute, people actually are supporting me in this, you know, and they're supporting me more than like Hollywood stars on shows like you would, would get. And within a couple of years, you're on OnlyFans. And according to the New York Post, you're making over $100,000 a month, which I assume just continues to grow. How big has it gotten? It's gotten, I, I make over seven figures a year. So it's like, it's, it's very, it's very lucrative. Like, but it's so like, there's so many people that are so like excited and devoted to like getting my content and stuff. And it's, it's amazing. It's really amazing. And that all came, it just built, it built upon itself and it snowballed and only fans became so popular too. So, um, and only fans, the transition was cause Patreon's even though it is not a pornography site, like the real pornography site, even though I, uh, I skirted that a little bit, but <laughs> actually a lot, but <laughs> at the time, but it only fans uh, was so much more uh, open and I could be, it was such a bigger platform to get um, a big fan base. There. And then the, the big jump for you is going from, is going from taking still shots and a, an occasional sexy video to actually becoming an adult film star. How did, how did you decide that that was a leap you were going to make? I was, like I said before, I was really into writing like erotica and like erotic stories. And I, um, so that, that was the like initial interest. And I was also discovering like my own sexuality and what, and who I wanted to be and stuff. Cause I had suppressed a lot of that in my youth. I was not like this totally wild person or, or like the sexually adventurous person that I had come now. Um, so I think, I think it was just a very slow journey for me. It was like, I was doing Patreon, doing the sexy shots, which I had wanted to do for a long time. And then I kind of was like, well, I don't know. I want to try different things. And I, you know, I had an interest, I loved girls and like I had done girls, I had done girls. Well, I had in my personal life before. 
Um, and I, and I wanted to explore more of that side of myself. So I was kind of like, well, maybe we could do some girl, girl shoots. And again, you have to admit, you have to remember my husband was right with me on this. He knew that I needed this and I needed to take this journey. So he was, and that's sorry to interrupt, but that's an obvious question, right? That everybody's going to have, which is what's the relationship with your husband and how is he, how, and why is he cool with all of this? He saw from the beginning, like who I was as a person. It started years before where I was really exploring my sexuality and it was more with women at the time. It was with women at the time. And he was very supportive of that because it just had been something that I had suppressed for, um, oh, I lost me. uh, like my love of women and, uh, sexuality had been something I oppressed, I had oppressed for so many years. And he really just really recognized that and, uh, supported me in it. So, that had already been established kind of. So that wasn't like such a leap to take when we were doing, it was more a leap to take that it would be in the public, but it wasn't right. like I ever been with women before or like had any of those relationships that he hadn't known. And by the way, like people like would think, oh, they're swingers or they're, we really aren't at all. <laughs> like it's more, I don't, it's more about like now it's more about the performance and about like just exploring my sexuality and what I want to do. Like it's like, it started out, I think on Patreon. Well, actually it started out a little before Patreon. Cause I knew, uh, a, a, the cutest lesbian redhead porn star because I did an international kiss, a ginger day shoot. <laughs> I told you I did all those holiday shoots, like mm-hmm. Easter bunny shoot, like, make Thanksgiving with your feet and stuff like that. Like, but it, it really is a holiday and I like to celebrate it every year. But I was like at the time, and this was only, this was about 2015, I think. So this was very far before I did anything porn. Um, some, I, I knew of her through a friend. So we did a cute little kiss of ginger. We were just like, mm, you know, pillow fights. Oh, you know, we're going to release it to the press mm-hmm. fans and stuff, which got a lot of attention and fans loved it. But we got pretty sensual in that shoot. And I think it really surprised me that I let myself go like that. We were com- not all those shots made it out until Patreon when I released them, but um, not all those shots made it out because we were very, we were nude. We were embracing, we were kissing and it was so exciting for me. And I, it was just electric to be in front of the camera to do this with this woman who was so sexy. And I just was so attracted to her. Um, and my photographer, he was like, he was shocked, but he loved it. But um, at the end of it, she told me, you know what? You're going to do something in the porn business. I promise you. And I was like, oh, I, after that, I was like, oh no, I, this was just, you know, this is just a shoot like for international kiss at gender day. And she was like, no, cause you know, you're too comfortable with it and you like it too much. And she was right. She was right. But fast forward to, to like 2018, when I started Patreon. Uh, I started saying, well, wouldn't it be fun to perform with a woman again and, and do all those things. And like my, my audience really loves it. Maybe I could explore myself and, and, and do that. And it was just to the paying audience. And like, so I started, uh, you know, I actually brought her back and we actually did a full, full scene. And, um, and then I started exploring things with other women. I met other porn stars through her and through another friend who she introduced me to. So I, I was always getting really like good porn star girls to do this with. 
who were, you know, super professional, but also gorgeous and, and knew, totally knew what they were doing. And like, um, my fans loved it and I loved it. Um, and there was a point where I was like really thinking about all the things I wanted to do sexually with men, because when my husband is amazing and he's, we have a great relationship but he's, he's not able to like throw me over his shoulder and like do or or like that the bar. Is that the bar? I'm supposed to be able to do that. But that was what I I mean. My wife is a, is a, is a, is a a very small, incredibly fit woman, but I I don't, I think I'd end up in traction if I tried to throw over my shoulder and I'd probably break her hip. (laughs) No, but I mean, there's a way to do these things like, or to do like very uh, acrobatic scenes and do all these like, dungeon scenes and all this like stuff that I was fantasizing about. And I had, I know I'd been talking about it for a while and he, he'd read my stories and everything. And it, there came a point where he was the one who really said, I think you need to do this because you'll never be happy if you can't explore these things of yourself. Because I, and it was really more about like, I just wanted to like perform and like, and, and I saw these porn girls and stuff and they, and they had such exciting like scenes and, and I, I wanted to do that. And, um, and it was just a way to really like with, without, I like neither of us consider it like cheating at all. He was actually in the room for a lot of the beginning stuff when I was doing it for my content, he was filming a lot of stuff for it, mm. but it wasn't, everybody thinks, oh, he gets off on it. No, he doesn't. I think he gets off on me being the sexual beast. You know, I, he really likes that part of it. I don't think yeah. he, he doesn't, he's not like a guy who likes to see be demeaned or anything. Cause it wasn't anything like that. It was always like, I think it wasn't about him getting off. That's what I really get upset about that. People think, Oh, your husband must want you to do it. It's like, no, if I wanted to, it, I wanted to do it. He just recognized that in me and supported me in it. And we actually, I was so fortunate in the beginning to find two like major porn, porn performers guys that were so helpful with me and not just, I mean, they were helpful, of course. <laughs> in the <laughs> They were doing their job, Maitland. They were doing their, no, but they also taught me the ropes of porn before I got professionally involved. Like how people don't realize it's not just, you have sex and film it and you're done it. You have to like pose for the cameras. You have to do certain shots. You have to do certain poses in certain positions in a row. I mean, like reverse cowgirl is not easy. (laughs) You have to have a guy that can really, you know, hold you. Holds you up there. <laughs> so, so tell you know uh, when when you say the porn industry, I'm sure a lot of people have preconceived notions that these people are damaged, they're addicts, they're mentally ill, or whatever the the thing is. So, what are the people like? What were the surprising things you learned about the people in this industry? You know, it's funny. People ask me. This- the porn world is basically like the soap opera world. Honestly, it, people no like when it I was couldn't on- be any dirtier than the comedy business, Maitland. It couldn't be not no, possible. I mean, not. I mean, like when I was on soaps, it was a very like integrated community. First of all, you all worked with each other. Like sure. yeah. if you jumped to different shows, everyone knew each other. There were different shows, which are kind of like the different studios in porn, and you had like the really like out there, you know, big hair, big eyelashes, like people, like girls that would, uh, you know, perform that actresses and soap operas, you know, how they can be like, just so outlandish. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then you'd have the real serious actresses and you have this, the young, younger ingenues and like, but it was all kind of, and it's also an industry, the soaps, much like porn that is looked down upon by mainstream really. Because it's not, it's not the higher art that, it's, that, yes. 
that's what they think. Yeah. That's what they're going for. And like, and like soap opera actors were always like less than mainstream. Mm-hmm. And it, it's that kind of like look down on what for me. And I, mainstream has more crackheads than porn. <laughs> really. I was really surprised at how all the people I worked with, how nice they were. Cause even I had preconceived notions going in, like what to expect, even though I had met a few, like my friend, L the redhead and, and a few girls and stuff who I knew were really good. Um, even I had preconceived notions about, okay, what are the guys going to be like? What is, what is it, what is going to happen? But I was so taken care of so quickly on, like, just, just led through it. Like if I wouldn't have had the experience I had with making my content and had such good experiences with the guys that I worked with, which were two guys, like I said, mainly, um, I don't know if I would have gone further. Cause I might've been like, Oh, I don't know about this, but I had just was having so much fun. And I was exploring myself so much and learning about myself and finding out that I was a really good sexual performer. Like mm. that was the shock of it on my first full sex scene, which was in a hotel room with, where my husband was filming and was with another girl too. And this, this guy, Danny, I asked him later on, like, what were you surprised about that experience? Cause he knew it was, I was new and I hadn't really had experience on camera like that. Um, and he was like, I was surprised that you weren't nervous at all. Mm. Like you just did it. Like you, you, you went for it completely. And, and I was surprised about that too, but it's like, I always felt like I got into it, get into a zone where it's just like this performance where I'm enjoying everything, but I'm also just letting out like everything who I am and, and just, you know, it's just like this release too, yeah. in many ways, in many ways. You know, I've interviewed a lot of economists and professors on the show. I got to tell you for this interview, I was willing to do the research. Just so you know. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> hey, so let's talk about what it was like to tell your folks. How oh, did yeah. that conversation go? You know, it, they, I really fully found out uh, after uh, my movie Drive, which was the big porn movie that I did that went everywhere, that Google trended number one for the day when it was every in every like magazine and everything. That's how they found out fully. Not to say that they did not know, like I did like play what kind of stuff and yeah, that kind yeah. of, they absolutely were fine. They're not like they were fine with that or they didn't, they turned their blind eyes, you know, but, um, when they found out my, I think my dad was shocked. Uh, he was very shocked because he, he had to read it in the New York post, mm. but, but, um, at the end of the day, they were really supportive of me. And I think, cause well, first of all, I was a completely grown woman. I'm not, you know, I'm not some child. Um, but I was surprised at how supportive they turned for me. Like I'm surprised, um, because I think they saw how happy I was and how successful I had been at it. And I don't think they fully realized that, like how, how I had made like this brand and this, um, this business from porn, but from also all of my antics and stuff that I'd done. And, um, and, you know, I think just the fact that I was I basically told Hollywood, fuck you. And, and did a, you know, did what I wanted in life. They have, they have been amazingly supportive now. I mean, first, of course, it's like a shock. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it was, I, you, you, you tell the story in your book and, and your mom sounds like she was pretty yeah. awesome about it. She was awesome. And about your it. dad, your dad wasn't thrilled. 
but he went no. with, you know, he was all right. Yeah. He wasn't going to be a jerk about it. Exactly. But they were, yeah. But as time went on, they've been so supportive of me. So that's like, we passed that. I um, want to read this quote from your book about success. If I can, oh, yeah. I always thought Hollywood or anywhere else really had an entrance and then a staircase. You'd walk through the front door and take step assigned as necessary to get to the top. But success is not a front door. It's a brick through a window or kicked through exit. Yeah, that's pretty well. That's that, that's pretty well articulated. I think that that applies to a lot of different areas of life, but certainly in the creative industry, there yeah. is no career path. You've got to figure out your own journey, your own path. And I think a lot of young. I see. I was a very studious student. I was very good. So I thought, well, if you do certain steps, like just like you get certain good grades and you do this, you're you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna you know succeed. And you're going to get accolades for it. And um, how my career started off, it kind of felt like that. It felt like, okay, I did two auditions or whatever. Uh, and I got this. And um, <laughs> okay, so I'm doing the steps. I'm going to go up and up and up. But honestly, yeah, there's no career path. And it's not going to be straightforward. And like, I believed that for so long that, and I beat myself up over it basically because I thought, wait, I'm not taking the steps. Why aren't I taking the steps? Am I not good enough? Am I not smart enough? Am I not talented enough? Like it was that. But then I said, like, fuck this. I'm just going to go out there and do what I want. And if it succeeds or not, like that's good. And that's why it was such a surprise to me that it succeeded on such a major level because on a, I wasn't taking those steps anymore. I was kicking a door down in the Mac. I was trying to, you know, just do whatever I wanted and, and be the person that I wanted. And I, of course I hope to have success at it, but I didn't know. And I never expected the level of it or the level of the amazing fans and stuff that has supported me. Um, so it's really important, I think for young people to know today, because I think they kick themselves a lot because of the world we live in, like getting jobs and getting, not even in an acting industry, just like our entertainment, just like in life, going to college and and they think that they're going to get out of college and just have a job and, and it, it's going to ascend and they're going to have success. And it's, it's hard for them because it's like, I mean, I just think you have to find your own path and you have to really listen to yourself because if you don't, if you're following someone else else's path, you're not going to succeed and you're not going to be happy either. How do you keep uh, the, the appropriate distance between yourself and your fans? Because even if, even if you were a mainstream actress or just anybody who's well-known, people think they know you, but for what you do, they know you intimately, right. the insides and outsides of you. So, so how do you keep yourself safe and be an appreciative performer, yeah. but at the same time, keep yourself safe? Honestly, I've never had a problem really with people coming after me or anything. I don't know if it's because, uh, being a mainstream actress, they know me and stuff too. So it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, I know girls have trouble with that, of course. Um, but I have not personally had that, that problem. I mean, I, I'm not like out there just meeting anybody or anything. So it's, but I meet them at events and I, you know, I talk to them on my, you know, OnlyFans and Facebook or not Facebook, uh, OnlyFans and Twitter and, you know, uh, Patreon and all of that. But um, I've been very fortunate. I've, I have a, I have a kind of a different kind of fan, I think. I mean, they're interested in the sex, of course, but, and there's so many fans of my porn, but there's, they're also fans of like other aspects. And I think, I don't know if that sets it apart or not, because mm. it's kind of funny. Cause even on, uh, when I was on Bold and Beautiful, I never had like fans who were really mean to me. Cause I was kind of, I was the very sweet girl, but I, other people on the show, like 
there were a couple of villains who had like things thrown at the grocery stores. Yeah. So I think it kind of d- depends on who you who, actually no, I know. I, I know my fans don't, aren't too bad to me because when I play in my mistress Maitland stuff on, <laughs> on porn, I'm so mean. They probably think I'd tie them up. So <laughs> like beat them. They probably want you to tie them up. But... I want me to. So but I, <laughs> I have an imposing figure there. <laughs> no, but I, I do have great fans, but it, it, it's important to keep your distance and not like, let people into your like personal life and stuff. But, um, sure. You know, I, yeah. Do you consider yourself a feminist? A feminist? Yes. Yeah, definitely. In the word of females should do whatever they want to do with their lives to not, uh, have to conform to anything. You know what? I, I kind of have problems when some feminists are like porn is degrading to women. It's like, who are you to make that choice? So I'm not like in that light, it makes me mad. But um, I am the feminist in the way that females should be empowered to do what they want with their lives and not be judged for it and not be condemned for it and um, be celebrated for what they want to do. So like the feminists that say, oh, porn's terrible and they look down on women. There's a weird kind of culture where the far right fundamentalist sect and the far left like feminist sect all hate porn (laughs) it's the one thing they unite on (laughs) and it's so it's kind of it's weird in that sense but um yeah I just think I think we need to live in a world where women can make their own decisions and not be judged for them and not be judged sexually too like you know not be judged for being a slut or you know something like that um, or, or wanting to be nude or, or wanting to be sexually explicit or wanting to perform sexually or do whatever they want. If they want to like mountain climb, they shouldn't be judged. Right. Somebody would judge a mountain climber, but (laughs) are you happy? Absolutely. I'm the happiest that, yeah, I'm the happiest that I've ever been. And actually porn gave that to me. It gave me, um, and the fans, of course, and everything they, it gave me purpose. It gave me respect. <laughs> people say, Oh, do people judge you in porn? I've gotten more respect, more work, more, uh, accolades, more, I mean, money, more fans, more everything being in porn than I did in Hollywood. <laughs> so I, it's, it's wild. I'm more respected as an actress now. <laughs> yeah, that is ironic. Isn't it? I mean, I got my acting career back. I can That's play so major dramatic roles. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you want you would like to address and want people to know about you and your work? Mm, I think there's, well, there's like a misconception that people will automatically judge you. And that's what people say. Well, what happened when that all that happened when the press was announced and did they come against you? The amazing thing is when I had when I was Google trending number one, the day of drive from deep really came out that big first movie, um, which is actually a full feature film people. It's not just like sex scenes, things I do. I have like 750 lines in things that I do. So <laughs> if there's like a major script involved, but anyway, not that I'm judging the other, but I'm just saying there are, there are scripts in porn. Um, but when that came out, the press was so good to me. Like, I mean, sure, they had salacious headlines and they'd say, oh, Boy Meets World Star does porn. But I actually had people congratulating me and and like they were happy for me. And these were women, too, that were like 
younger women, usually like in their twenties and thirties, um, who were, who were celebrating that. I just said, I want to do this and I'm going to take it on. And I'm, I don't care what people think about it. Um, and I'm going to, you know, carve my own kick in that exit door, like I said before. So, um, so that was, that was the surprising thing. And like, and I'm surprised at like friends and family and stuff who are not judgmental, who actually come out and say, you know what? I watch porn or like, I, um, I really think it's cool. I wish I could be sexually like emboldened like that. And I wish I had that kind of marriage. And, and so that's been, that's been the surprise of everything is how positive people are about it. So remember husbands and wives, don't forget to throw your lover over your shoulder because Maitland Ward said to do so. Maitland, congratulations on the book. It's called Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. I want to tell you, I I found myself laughing a lot reading your book. You're a funny writer. Oh, thank you. That's like my passion is writing. And I wrote every word of this book. There was no ghost writer or anything. I want people to know that. It's well written and it's funny and, uh, and it's provocative. Certainly it's that too. The anal chapter. You like that? <laughs> I don't. I, I. 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 don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I would, I would never read about that kind of stuff. Hey, where can people? Where can people find out more about you and your work? Well, they can go to my uh, Twitter and my Instagram and my OnlyFans. They're all Maitland Ward, M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D-W-A-R-D. So any of those, you'll find me there, and you can find a lot about my work there. <laughs> Maitland, best of luck with the book, and thanks for your time. <laughs> thank you, and thank you so much for reading and having me on. <laughs> I appreciate it. My pleasure. Hey, everybody, if you like what we're up to here at Crazy Money, do us and yourself a favor by following the show on your favorite podcast app and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Also, click the link in the show notes to subscribe to my new Substack, where you'll get biweekly thoughts on the role of money in our world and in our lives directly to your email inbox. Thanks for sticking around. We'll see you next week.